looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by Northeastern by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. You drive me wild. <laughs> what up, Crazy Train Radio? You look like hell. And I could look the same. What's the photo for? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Truth, 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 I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. I'm one crazy nerfo. Hey there, Friday fans. We know how much you enjoy the movies. Enjoy grabbing your Friday merchandise and interacting with the Friday family, whether it be at conventions or during our particular watch-alongs. Well, when you're looking to get yourself masks, why not check out our friends over at Camp Blood Customs out of New York State and order your specific custom mask from any of the films. All orders are made specifically. Your needs and wants are. Make sure you find Camp Blood Customs on Facebook, Instagram, and all over social media and order yours today. Hey folks, it's your least favorite host in the podcast world, Croc, Jonathan Steele. And boy, do we have a good one for you today. Hey guys, this is Ron Sloan and please listen to Crazy Train Radio. I had a blast. I truly had a blast. And, uh... I know my cheek's going to hurt tomorrow morning. Thanks a lot.
episode, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, including the one supposedly running this whole ship, which is scary. But this next guest, he was nice enough to join us for our Children's Hospital of L.A. fundraiser, which I can report, which I can report. And yes, even the dogs excited to hear that we did hit our goal of fifteen hundred for the weekend. So. But anyway, that's here and there. We can talk about that at another time. But most people remember this guest as the crazy motorbike guy, I should say, in Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning. Because they hunt me, Ma. But also, (laughs) in recent time, and we know it's been quite successful uh, on the Amazon charts and stuff, is 13 Fanboy. Oh, yeah. Mr. Ron Sloan, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, babysitting four dogs right now. So if you hear a bark, it's uh, Kucha with a uh, pack. I'm part of the uh, alpha pack here. Um, I'm doing good, man. Doing yeah. really good. No complaints. <laughs> Beautiful Sunday. And it's funny you bring up Cujo because we'll go there first, 13 Fanboy. You worked with uh, Miss D. Wallace. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Talk about a sweetheart of a woman that that lady is. Hey, it's not work when you're working with Dee. I mean, it's just pure pleasure, talent. She's amazing. And I know you're a married man and such, but you you, you can't find any better than Dee, right? <laughs> that's my wife away from wife. Uh, you know, that's uh, she's amazing. Yeah, just amazing. Can- yeah, we had we talked to her probably about six weeks ago at this point, and you know what I mean. It's just there's just something about, and I'm not a big religious guy or anything like that, but there's just a, I guess karmic energy. I guess you could say when you're within her presence in any form, it's. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's just something. Her about energy's her. her energy is amazing. Uh, a true professional. Hold on one second. Sure. I gotta lift this dog because she can't lift herself <laughs> ah, come on okay in case you guys were wondering what the hell i'm talking about i, I think you might be able to see these guys <coughs> so yeah i'm babysitting did i cover uh, that up or did you see it that's my hey, audience yeah that's the audience for tonight so are they uh Friends there dogs. we go. Sorry about that. All good. Are they friends dogs? Who, if you well, don't mind me asking, who they belong well, to? No. What 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 the scenario is? Uh, uh, three of them are my sister in law's dogs, and one of them is my mother in law's dog. And we are taking care of all four for right now. So right. it's okay. It's good. I I had two pups. Uh, they crossed the Rainbow Bridge. There'll be two more in my future, but for right now, my hands are full with four. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm sure it's nice to have uh, dogs in a house, though, even though even if it's a temporary thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm a dog guy, so uh, I love it. Of course, uh, people always go, well, you know, what do you want for your birthday or what do you want for Christmas? I go poop bags, Uh, you know, four dogs. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you being practical, though. <laughs> I appreciate that. You ever try to walk four dogs at once? I'm not that yeah. guy in New York in Central Park, man. I don't know how yeah, they but, do it. 
Yeah, they, yeah. they're going uh, every direction. Yeah, you, uh, oh, it's a, it seems like a nightmare, you know. Yeah, that's uh, the new nightmare. <laughs> and not not Wes Craven's new nightmare '94. No. Yeah. Oh, hell. So uh, we were talking about Dee Wallace, and, yeah. and I gotta say, I've said this before. I I was just very fortunate that Deborah Voorhees. Uh, cast me in working with D. I mean, it was just, it, it's so odd, man, because when I was talking with Deborah and uh, she cast me in the role, she asked if I had ever met D. Wallace. And ironically, and I can't explain this because about 16 years ago, I was doing uh, Monster, maybe a little less than that, 15, 14, something like that. I was doing uh, Monster Mania in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Uh, Dave Hagen, great. I mean, that's a great convention. And I have a photo with Dee Wallace. My wife must have taken the picture. I don't even know why I have the photo. Uh, I was living in, in Maui at the time. It had something to do with Maui. But I had sent that exact photo to Deborah Voorhees. And she goes, oh, yeah, you're definitely her husband. So, I mean, it was like just meant to be, meant to be. So good. Now, what were your thoughts of the film overall? Because the right, it was very clever writing and just little nuances to, and for those who don't know what we're talking about with 13 Fanboy, it's based off the Friday the 13th series. And there's a uh, very, how do I put this? very serious over that or very serious fan that oversteps his boundaries let's just say well let's uh, I'll, I'll i'll bail you out a little bit on it yeah yeah um, what's the best way to do this <laughs> okay there's no real spoiler alerts or anything first of all it's not based on a friday the 13th what it is is most of the cast are from friday the 13th Okay. Like I was in part five, Carol Lockettel's in part five. You got Deborah uh, was in five. Deborah was in five. You got Kane. You got CJ. Laura uh, Park Tracy Lincoln. Savage, Laura Park Lincoln. Uh, Judy Aronson. I mean, the list goes on. Corey yeah. Feldman. He was in four and five. And five. Yep. And then, you know, Dee was in Cujo, The Hills Have Eyes, The Howling. I think she was also in Halloween 4, if memory serves me correct. I don't know. I could be having a senior moment. Not sure. I think, no, no, it was the Rob Zombie Halloween she was involved with. Uh, yeah, there we go. There we go. See, senior moment. It happens. Um, <laughs> every day. Um, <laughs> tip your waiters and waitresses. No. Um, Try to feel. <laughs> It was good. Actually, it was really good. The, the yeah. stew, Ethel stew. No. Well, we'll get um, to that in a little bit. <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, uh, basically the film is, um, there's a stalker. Without spoiling anything for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, there is a stalker, a fan, who is stalking Dee Wallace. Now, I'm married to Dee in the film, mm -hmm. I have a tendency not to believe her only because, well, she does pull a gun on me at one point. She pulls it on my son. And that makes me think she's losing her mind. If 
Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you. So I'm not the most supportive husband in the world. Now, if you go on imdb.com, I don't know if you've ever done this, at least under my name. This is something new and nobody really knows about. There's three minutes from the movie of three scenes or four scenes uh, from the film that are under my name. Now, the whole thing is one of those scenes is not in the film. So you get a little sneak of something that got cut out. I won't tell you why, but uh, check it out. It's pretty cool. Plus the trailer's on there too, but uh, it's, it's, well, you saw the film. So uh, there was a lot of blood donation in that movie. (laughs) I remember you saying that during the uh, children's event. Yeah. 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 So uh, great film. Uh, and, and really, Deborah and Joel, uh, Joel Paul Rising, of course, Deborah Sue Voorhees uh, wrote it, produced it, Deborah directed it. And I was just blessed to be a part of the whole thing. And it's another great big family. And uh, I am doing a, a convention coming up uh, Friday the 13th. Minicon, Minicon, mini anyway. Yeah, Blairstown, right by, uh, we're on the grounds of the Blairstown Diner. Uh, that's um, on May 13th and 14th. So on the 13th, I know we're showing Friday the 13th, part five, and I'm not sure which is the other one. I think it's part three. Uh, you can go on 365 Horror and, and check it out. And then on Saturday night, 13 Fanboy. And uh, Carol's going to be there. Carol Lockettel is going to be there Friday and Saturday night. She just signed on. Yeah, I so saw gonna, that. This is a family reunion, man. I, I hope there's a lot of folks there. We're going to have like some crazy fun. Oh, yeah. It's, and that, seeing the promotional ID, and I know we talked during the uh, fundraiser, I'm going to come up since, yeah, since we talked, I should say. I am definitely coming up thanks to your encouragement and stuff. But good, yay. It, yeah, plans are in place to come up. But, and it's fun as far as the family aspect that you say. Uh, and you notice that a lot in horror. And people, you always get the folks that go, oh, we're family on films and this. When it comes to the horror community, and you see it at conventions or you see it wherever N- now with social media and Deborah's got the uh, Facebook group and different things. It's like, they're, it's truly a family to, to see when you, when you guys interact, I know you uh, mentioned during the fundraiser, you called Carol on mother's day, just a, like tongue in cheek. Every mother's day without fail. I, I call Carol. Carol and I talk oh, a few times a year. We see each other at, you know, a couple conventions a year, and I take good care of her. And uh, she's a sweetie. And I was lucky when we did the screenings of uh, 13 Fanboy in L.A. There were three screenings I went to uh, and had Carol there. And I had dinner at her house. And um, a little bit of trivia. This was pretty darn cool. We were doing Flashback Weekend in Chicago and um, Nick Castle was there 
you know, from Halloween. Mm-hmm. And Carol and her husband and Nick are like great friends. They've known each other for a gazillion years, like back in the old days before all of this. And I got invited to go to dinner with them and Nick. And it was just so cool. Nick's a great guy. And and uh, a little bit of, you know, Halloween trivia. Of course, I did not ask any questions. I, I was, you know, I kept it just having a great evening and it was uh, very uh, enlightening in many ways to hear them talk about the business and having fun. But it sounds like Nick has since become a buddy as well, too. Would you say? Well, he's not a buddy of mine. He's definitely a good friend of theirs. He would, I would say he's more than an acquaintance. If I run into him at a convention, I, I wouldn't hesitate to shoot the ball with him and maybe grab a meal or something. Uh, he was really a good guy. We just had a blast. I mean, what a fun evening uh, in Rosemont. Uh, we went to like, uh, oh, it was called Gibson's, Gibson's Steakhouse. Ooh. And we just, it was just great, man. It was just, just great. Just made the part of the convention even that, that much more fun. Well, so. speaking of that, and I don't think, Many people talk about this when it comes to conventions and interviews and all that kind of thing, but it just rang in my head. And with, I know for years you weren't really on the convention circuit because of living in Maui and such. Right. And yeah, you know, just from a logistical standpoint of between flights and all, yeah, all that kind of to fly me out. <laughs> yeah. All that stuff. When you go to shows and stuff, like you mentioned that steakhouse in Chicago and stuff and, You've been to Monster Mania in Cherry Hill, oh, and stuff, yeah. which is 10 minutes up the road from where I live. Is there a favorite spot when you've gone to a convention town that, or fa- when I say favorite spot, was there like a favorite town that you maybe have repeated visiting that, oh, I love, I can't wait to go there because I'm looking forward to go eat during my downtime. But there's no lack of eating in my life. Um me and Junior have a lot in common when it comes to food. Um, you know, it's interesting because when you do a convention, you're pretty much at the hotel. You know, you, you don't, by the time you get out, it's late. It's like shooting a film. By the time you're done, you're, you're done. Um, I think Rosemont was a great one because there's like a little square right there by your, the hotel tons of restaurants and you know one night was with carol the next night deb and i went out to some irish pub and you know and just that kind of stuff was fun uh phoenix is great the the uh, mad monster party wonderful convention if you have a chance to go to that because it's it's right there there's a whole group of restaurants and things to do so entertaining you know, usually when you do a convention, you're pretty much just there. Yeah. And you're lucky to get a bite to eat. It's it's not like, you know, you're going to walk away and grab a meal. It's all after the fact or before. Yeah. Um, Deb and I did a lovely one many years. Well, it's not that many, four years ago or five years ago, something like that in uh, Ohio, in Columbus, Ohio. And really neat little area there called the the short north, and Har- sounds like Horrorhound or something maybe. Yeah, yep, yep, exactly Horrorhound. I went to one in Columbus. I haven't done the Cincinnati uh, one yet. Um, 
And that was great. So, you know, everywhere you go, there's always uh, a, a moment, an evening of a highlight. Uh, I was in Texas, my very first convention. And, uh, you know, there's no lack of good food in Texas. I got to tell oh. you, Texans, they got oh. it going on, man. Steakhouse. Barbecue. Oh, we we just, we pigged and and just, that was great. That was great. So Now, with the convention circuit, and people's not, people aren't going to see this video, but we'll hear the audio of this. But there's a little thing sitting over your shoulder. That oh. you show during the event of your head. Yes. So do you travel with that to conventions? Yes. And, have, and yep. please tell me that goes in a regular suitcase. So when you're going through TSA, you're not freaking people out going. No, right. I'm freaking people out. That never leaves me in case my suitcase leaves me. So in my carry-on bag is Junior. Try to explain that to TSA. And that's That's, exactly what I was trying to explain that gun. It's so much fun. Yes. Um, Sir, what's in your bag? I've only had one hassle. I've only had one hassle. It wasn't even a hassle. It's just explaining because I keep headshots, literally. I keep uh, photos in with the head to take with me. So if there was any question, then I can pull out, oh, well, I was in Friday at 13th part five and all that. So it's all, it's all good. It just takes a moment for <laughs> a bag check. You're like, oh no, you know, yeah. what else do I have in there? Oh, I forgot. Uh, Is there a machete? What a pot's a pots taped to my underwear so no, oh no, geez. no yeah but uh it's it's fun man no it's all good it's yeah. all good but funny story about the head you found that at a uh, props uh, house correct yeah but what it was i had an audition of all things i had an audition for a game show back in the day and uh uh Went to the audition. As I'm leaving the audition, I see a sign that says real effects. And I went, wow, those were the guys that made my head. So I I literally knocked on the door and uh, I I said to the guy, I go, "Um, I'm Ron Sloan from Friday 13th, part five. And you guys made my head. And I was just wondering if it still exists, is there any way I can buy it? And the guy goes, oh, Come with me. And I'm walking. It's like going to Costco, man, of horror. I mean, there are body parts. This is a big soundstage. There's body parts and like dinosaurs and all sorts of special effects stuff. And we're walking and he takes one of those big, long, tall ladders like you see at Home Depot, wheels it over. And as he's climbing up, I look up and I see my head is right next to Sylvester Stallone from Rambo. I don't know what scene it was where, uh, whatever, they had a prosthetic of him. And he goes, he brings the head down. He goes, hey, man, I'm sorry, but uh, your head's been working more than you have. <laughs> like, oh, thanks, brother. And he turns it around. He goes, matter of fact, we blew out the back of your head in the movie last week. And the backside of this head is gone. The flight <laughs> cap covers it up. So he puts it in the bag. He goes, here, man, take it. Enjoy. Like, wow. Wow, that's cool. So as I'm leaving, I see Arnold Schwarzenegger in this big old terry cloth, white terry cloth robe, big old cigar. 
And I think they were shooting True Lies. I think that's the movie then. And I was going to say something to Arnold. I mean, I wanted to meet the guy. And then I thought, dude, you got a head in the bag here. I think you better leave the studio a lot. <laughs> you know? So, and that's how I got it. Nice. So now, cool. on the flip side there, because you said you wanted to offer to buy it. I'm guessing throughout the years doing shows and stuff, people have offered to buy it off you. There's been a couple. Absolutely. Uh, it's not for sale. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fun because taking it to conventions, the fans get to hold it when they take a picture with me. So, you know, you'll see a number on the, uh, on Facebook and, uh, you know, you get to hold the head when you have a photo with me. So that's, uh, it's, it's cool. And it's also a piece of history. If there came a time for me to do anything with it, it would be a donation, you know, to like uh, Friday 13th Museum or something, you know, it's, but it's just fun to have. And everybody loves looking at it at the different conventions. And you should see the little kids' faces because it sits on the table. It's at their level. They're like, oh my God. <laughs> Introducing it's it. cool. I, I do need somebody uh, though to restore it a little bit, starting to weather a little bit more than I am. Well, well we're close. We're close. Well, what do you expect after you know from 1985? So, well, it's been kicked, dropped, rolled down a hill, shot. Uh, you know, <laughs> the, uh, I even have a picture of some fan kissing it. I was like, whoa, wait a minute here. Hey. Hey, get a room. Get a <laughs> get a room. <laughs> oh man! So uh, Friday the Thirteenth Five, obviously, uh, yeah. people would say, "Oh, that's his claim to fame and all that." But I I remember a great story that has to deal with Mel Brooks telling because I'm a huge Mel Brooks fan. Love Mel Brooks. And the story goes somewhat along the lines of, I think it might have been Mark Hamill from Star Wars, where he was like, oh, my God, I'm people always ask me about Star Wars, Star Wars, that, but, but, you know, the whole thing. And he was a huge fan of Mel as well. And Mel Brooks said to him, hey, kid, stay on the ride as long as possible. If you got something that worked, run with it, because how many other people would love that opportunity to have something that they're known for? Hey, yeah, I mean, I'm lucky. You know, I just look at it. Actually, it, I guess I got to take it to a different level. Um, I, I was doing a showcase. You know, that's like doing a five-minute scene at a theater. I did it religiously at least once a week for a couple of years at the Fountain Theater in Hollywood. And it was like 12 bucks. You get to do five minutes for like producers, directors, agents. You never know who's in the audience. Mm -hmm. And... One night I was doing it and Pamela Basker and Fern Champion were in the audience and they're the ones that cast Friday the 13th Part 5. And after I did my little dramatic scene, uh, they asked if I could play a hillbilly. Well, I, I basically thought of a friend of my brother's who was really goofy and borderline, just a crazy guy. And I kind of, in a matter of a blinking, <laughs> I... Uh, kind of acted like him, but then took it over the top into uh, a good old boy. And uh, they 
were busting up and they gave me uh, an audition uh, two days later. I, I got to pick up the sides, go to uh, their uh, office and read for Danny Steinman, who was the director. Mm-hmm. So Danny, he, I had him in stitches. I mean, I was just, I was off the wall, just having a blast. Look, at, you can either take something so serious that you blow it because you're not in the moment, or you just say, <laughs> W2F, hey, let's go for it. And I had so much fun with that role. And Danny, he was cool, man. He said to me, he goes, hey, kid, it's going to be great working with you. Well, it's hard not to let that go to your head. Yeah. Does that mean I got the, I mean, you just want to say, hey, does that mean I got the part? You know? Well, no, I didn't get the part yet. Um, I got a call back the next day for Frank Mancuso Jr., who was the producer. He is, uh, you know, with Paramount. And as I walked in, Danny was cool, man. He's, oh, this is the kid I told you about, and I love working with him. Again, you got to reel it in. Really, don't don't listen. Him. Don't just just do your thing, man. And yeah, I was lucky. I got the part, but it wasn't Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. It, it was Redemption, called right? Repetition. <laughs> Repetition. So I got my script. I still have it. And uh, um, yeah, I was literally. A, on location for about three weeks. So what was fun was it, it location was only about 45 minutes, an hour from my folks' house, not even, about 45 minutes. So I'd go shoot, leave at three in the morning or whatever, come home, and then you know, go back out. You know, there was nothing, didn't have to be put up in a hotel or anything. And so it was pretty cool. I, I, I came home one night after my fight scene with John Shepard, who played Tommy Jarvis. Mm-hmm. And I'm all bloody. I have a black eye. I'm all covered in dirt and blood. I have a photo from that night, matter of fact, a, a Polaroid. And I knocked on the door and my mom answered. And she's like, oh my God, what happened? What happened? She was freaking out. And I'm like, mom, mom, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's just makeup. It was fun. That was a great memory. Just a great memory. Way to try to give your mom a heart attack, you know? Oh, you know, it was good, though. It was it was good. Oh, I, was, I love my folks. They were great. They were great, great people. Well, you mentioned Danny, the director. And yeah. I've heard over the years, and even, she even told me during our interview, uh, Melanie Kinnaman, that there might have been, you know, I mean, how her feelings on the director. Would you say you had a good working relationship with Danny? I had a fantastic relationship with Danny. But, you know, it's different. Um, A, I'm a supporting, I was a supporting actor. You know, I wasn't the star of Friday the 13th Part 5. I'm a character actor. I had a fun role. Carol and I were the comic relief. in some respects, it's harder to do comedy than it is drama. Drama, you tap into your emotions and and uh, uh, right from the heart. Comedy, you got to be pretty damn creative to make something funny. You know, if you think you're funny, you're not necessarily funny. 
to make a definitely a funny moment and have that fun relationship. It's like Abbott and Costello or Laurel and Hardy. You know, you you got to have that relationship. Like Carol and I, we have a wonderful relationship together. And it so obviously worked. It worked. And there was no drama between myself and I don't even think Carol and Danny. Um, we had no problems working with him. First of all, man, I was thrilled. Are you kidding when I, you know, the first day of shooting is when we found out we were in a Friday the 13th. So it wasn't like, I mean, that was such a high point right there. It was all just delicious, for lack of a better term. You know, I, I enjoyed myself. And, you know, it's interesting you say that about the comedy and drama and such dichotomy because it's like so close there of that line when it comes to entertainment and, you know, the stories from Hollywood, as far as drama and comedy and all that stuff, they're blessing and a curse. It's. You have to be fluid to do comedy. I was very fortunate. I worked as a, as a page at Metro media channel 11, where we shot all the Norman Lear shows, all in the family, different strokes, facts of life one day at a time. There's like eight shows. Jefferson's Good Times. I mean, I got to watch these shows being taped every night. I was the guy sitting the audience down. And then finally, I did get a break uh, from Norman Lear. And actually, I was able to do little tiny parts. They were called under fives, where you had under five lines or special business, where, you know, Valerie Bertinelli or, or, uh archie bunker whoever pat you on the back shakes your hand it's more than an extra but you're not a necessarily a character but you got residuals and you got double paid and i mean it was wild and you slowly build up so by the time i got to friday the 13th that was a good break for me Mm -hmm. and back full circle 13 fanboy huge break huge break to, to work to work with D, and I mean, you know, most of my scenes. I mean, ninety nine percent of my scenes are with D. Uh, uh, there were a couple scenes um, with other actors, and they were top of the mark. Deborah did an amazing job in casting, so I, I do believe the fans will be thrilled with who was cast. And you know, behind these scenes were a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> with that cast and crew and you talk oh my about God. and Kane Hodder and you know yeah. there's just I didn't work directly with Kane but he, he, he's a trip too that guy you know he's... So I, I met him he's cool I mean oh, what a great guy I love the work he did in 13 fan but I think the fans will see the real Kane in this film exactly I was impressed very impressed with his performance yeah it was funny because I uh, actually got a tech <laughs> Speaking of which, I didn't even know as we're having this conversation, and I know she'll love me saying this, but I actually got a text from uh, Laura Park Lincoln because she's she's doing a convention in the area in two weeks in Atlantic City. And I yeah, she's been a friend of the show for years. And I said, hey, be nice to say, come see you, say hello, do dinner, whatever, you know, since you're in my neck of the woods. So it's like, hey, you know, she's another lovely one, but. I got two more questions for you. 
but uh with 13 fanboy we talk about you know the real life story of unfortunately actors and actresses and all having stalkers and you know mm-hmm. having that type of, you know there's some public stories it's frightening, that, it's frightening. That, yeah that i i know laura's got her own story i not my place to tell and adrian king's got the famous story and you know i think deborah had something you know there's people a lot not just the within the friday franchise but in general daniel harris has had stuff and for you how was it see taking something that could be such a very personal and sensitive subject you know and putting it on screen yeah it's a movie and all but especially we know so many people have had issues in real life. Well, you know, uh, my very first convention, I had an issue, which I shared. Um, and uh, I, I didn't even know what to expect. You know, it's my first convention. I was in Texas and, as I'm leaving the convention, I'm waiting for a ride to the airport. I'm by myself. And a fan came up to me and said, wouldn't it be cool if you died in real life the way you died in your movie? Um, no, but have a nice day. Hey. You know, I mean, that was a little freaky. I How do you take that? Social media and all that for a couple of years. And I really didn't do any conventions for about a year or so after that. Um and luckily, the next convention I did was uh, Monster Mania. And that was wonderful. You know, um, I'm sure the fan didn't mean it the way he said it. You know, was I going to be off in the next five minutes? What's the deal? Uh, and if he did, then phew. But um, the reality is, God, almost 100% of conventions there's always just great meeting the people. Everybody is so wonderful. And we all have a blast. I mean, um, it's, it's just really good. I, I, I had one convention in the last, no, this last year where the guy was drunk and, and, you know, he, he was like just totally lit and obnoxious and, you know, it's like, oh man, oh, no, you're not gonna let you ruin this moment for all these other people. Me later, I'm not yeah. signing anything. You could just go. Yeah, just. Yeah, you know, and I'm sure the guy was basically a nice guy, but he couldn't hold his liquor or whatever he was on. Yeah, it was... I think, in a sense, you know, all the people you're talking about are all just really wonderful actresses, beautiful women. And that's always a scary thing in itself, you know, for that whole side of the industry. So, you know, fortunately, very fortunately, I I think, God, almost 100% of the time, if not really 100% of the time, the fans are just awesome. And and lucky to meet them. Very lucky. And I can only imagine things aren't are a little more difficult with social media now, but yeah, 
I mean, I'm not that involved in social media. I mean, I'll do a little Facebook thing. I sort of am on Instagram. I don't even know how to use it. Yeah. So I went on like this. I have no idea what I'm doing. So I don't even answer anything. I mean, and I'm sad to say on the whole friendship thing, Facebook, I haven't accepted really any friends on it in the past probably year and a half because I constantly, it seemed like it was almost once a week, some friend would say, hey, don't accept a friendship from me. I've been hacked. <laughs> so I'd rather just put things out there, let you know what convention, something going on. It's not that I don't want to be your friend. It's just that I don't feel like saying, yeah, sure, we're friends. And all of a sudden, everybody I know is hacked. And uh, I don't want to deal with that. I'd rather just enjoy and let you know what's going on. Yeah, you got to keep that. There's a certain boundary we get. Everybody's got to keep. And Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm definitely a sociable guy. You come yep. to convince oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to hide out. You no. know, it's like I have fun. I have a blast. I look forward to you coming. Yeah, no. It, and I can I'm not saying this because he's on the line right now. But, you know, in this short time, I've got to deal with Ron, whether it was through email exchanges for the charity event or texts or messages or what or calls you know just lining everything up it's ron is definitely a personable guy get nothing but good vibes from the guy so it's all Thank positive you. with him but on a lighter note to wrap and you mentioned it earlier about the norman lear helping you out and oh, get these things great guy now i did see and i don't know if he was involved in this or not Apparently, you had something to do with the Steve Allen show, <laughs> which helped get your union card. So what exactly was that? OK, again, I was a page at the studio and I, I was head page on the Steve Allen show. And every night that I worked his show, Steve would have me hand out little three by five cards and to the audience and the audience would write questions. Dear Steve, I'm head page on, uh, dear Steve, uh, will they get this show in Cleveland? And Steve, if he picked your card, he'd read it on air. And he'd go, well, they'll get the show, they'll, they'll see the show, but they won't get it. So there's always like a little twist, a little joke, a little something that he could have fun with on the cards. So I wrote a card to Steve and I put it in the little pile. And I said, dear Steve, I'm head page on your show. When do I get my television debut? Give me a break. <laughs> See, back in those days, this was 1976. In order to get into the union, you had to get on a TV show. But in order to get on a TV show, you had to be in the union. You couldn't just join. It's a little different now. Mm -hmm. um, and they had to do a thing called Taft-Hartley, which was... Uh, if the if they hired you on a show, you had to have a special skill in order to join the union. Otherwise, they would be fined for putting you on. I mean, it was like this whole nightmare. So Steve ends up reading my card on the show. He's all, you know, dear Steve, I'm head page on your show. When do I get my television debut? Give me a break. Where's Ron Sloan? He's like this looking in the audience. And there are spotlights in the audience. Well, the union rep, uh, her name was Anita. I can't remember her last name. She told me 
And I told her what I was going to do. She said, if you do that and he reads your card, you go out on stage because that makes you a performer. You're not just up in the studio audience. Man, I come running out on stage. I almost knock him over. And he jumps. He goes, I thought you were up there. And he goes, next time I better make sure you are. He knew exactly what just happened. He interviewed me. At the time, I was in a Shakespearean repertory company with Grandpa Walt Wilgear uh, and his wife, Herta Ware, who was in Cocoon. She was played Rose in Cocoon. And I got my union card. My whole world changed at that point because now I could get an agent and be submitted for, you know, real union jobs because LA's all union. It's all union. Yeah. It's different, you know, in Nevada, Arizona, Texas, Florida, North Carolina, they're right to work states. But LA, in order to work, you had to be union. Yeah. Well, as you were saying, well, Steve, Steve Allen was a uh, bright man, except for that, uh, to, except for that toupee he wore in his later years. But that's, you know, there, though, though I did hear with the toupee in his later years, he would uh, use have have it uh, when he traveled uh, orange peels in its case. Really? Yeah, to help with the your scent or whatever the oh, case was. Oh, that's so funny! I've never heard that. That's cool. He was, was a sweetheart. Yeah, he was a sweetheart. I heard that story from some friends in the wrestling business, and Steve Allen made an appearance at WrestleMania in Toronto. They said when he wow. came in, they said when he came in and they were doing, you know, had he had his own hair and makeup people and all and to put the toupee on and there was orange peels in there. That's so cool. Well, you know, what was cool about that night was I got fired for doing that. I, I got fired from the studio for because they said you can't work two jobs at once. OK, I didn't care, man. I got my union card. Well, the next day I got hired back. Because Steve Allen said it was his idea. So it got me my job back. Right on, Steve. And, and yeah. Yeah. That was so good, man. So good. But, but uh, obviously, you, as you mentioned, in May, you got the Blairstown event, the mini con. So yeah. Where can I got a charity one, too, coming okay. up. Um, in October, what's well, September 30th through October 2nd. It's called SuperCon uh, in Sioux City, South Dakota. It's for charity. So um, that'll be a lot of fun because this is their first time. They usually are kind of like, um, oh, a Comic-Con type scenario. But this year, besides all the other venues, they've added a horror venue. So it's going to be CJ Graham, myself, Deborah Sue Voorhees. Uh, I think Haley Reese Greenbauer, you know, she played the lead in 13 Fanboy. I think she's also going to be in Blairstown. I think, yeah, she's on there. Yeah. I saw that list. She's a sweetie boy. She's a talented actress. That girl's going right to the top, right to the top. Awesome. And but if people do want to see what you got going on, can they check you out on uh, social media or is that like you were saying yeah, no, you can see on facebook i'll try to post on instagram when things come up uh, i'm new at that one um 
And, and definitely, if there's a convention you want Carol and I go to, ask for us. I mean, that's that's how it gets done. I mean, it's it's amazing. A lot of times, fans just wait to see who's going to be at what. Um, the reason they have us at these is because the fans want us. So you know, put it out there. There's a lot of conventions I've never done. I mean, I haven't done that many. Right on. And now that you're on the state side of things and not. In oh, yeah. Beautiful... There's no problem getting there. Exactly. So if you definitely want to see Ron and Carol and, you know, yeah, all we're, the other... we're a team. <laughs> Pack, package feel, baby. Mother and son. That's it. All or nothing. <laughs> well, I am looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks and or about a it's month and a half great, or so. This right going to be great. You're going to have a blow. Oh, my God. You're going to have so much fun. And it'll be my first time to Blairstown, too. So. Mine too. I, yeah. Well, let's pop our Blairstown cherry together. Then, woo! And I'm bringing <laughs> Ethel stew with me. I am yes. bringing some cans of Ethel stew. Yeah, we're gonna have to ask some lunch. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and one of these too, you and know. One of these. That's from Carol. Yes. Make sure with you love. bring some uh, Rolaids and gas eggs. I'm telling you, Ethel stew is a little traumatic to the body. <laughs> Ron Sloan, thank you so much. Hey, thank you so much. And uh, really appreciate you, man. And, And thank you again. Appreciate you as well. is truly exciting and so glad that they are starting to make a positive impact. Little Bean Soapery is a woman-owned small business based in Northeast Pennsylvania. Little Bean Soapery does so much as all products are handcrafted and offer many different things for both men and women. Soaps, scrubs, body butters, bath bombs, solid cologne and much more. Little Bean Soapery also does things for special occasions such as birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day and special seasonal gift sets. But also, let's not forget large orders for party favors by request. The great things about all products is that they are crafted to be nourishing on the skin. If you wish to check them out, please feel free to visit littlebeansopery.com. Any questions, please feel free to also email littlebeansopery at gmail.com for custom inquiries and or ask anything else you wish. Tell them that Elena from Crazy Train Radio sends you. Hi, I'm Dee Wallace, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio.